You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sonic Society, episode 768. I'm here with my co-host, Mr. David Alt. Hello, David. Good morning, Jack, and good morning, everyone. You know, I think that around this time, I'm aching for a little a little sign of spring and summer, and that gets me thinking about Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Ah, oh, yes, the annual event where we invite other audio drama companies to recreate old-time radio shows for new audiences. I know it well. <laughs> As our host, <laughs> lo these many years, of course you do. And, and today on The Society, we're headed back to those Golden Age goodies that inspired us so much. Indeed. Yes, this week we begin with No Soap Radio's Jack Benny with No One Remembers Jack's Birthday and the latest exciting instalment from Tom Conkle's Mindstream Players and the reasonably amazing adventures of Flash Gordon, Episode 5. It all begins right here on the Sonic Society. No Soap Radio presents a recreation of the Jack Benny radio program, No One Remembers Jack's Birthday. First broadcast, February 13th, 1955. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike, the cigarette that's toasted to taste better. If you want better taste from your cigarette, Lucky Strike is the brand to get. It's toasted to give you the best taste yet. It's the toasted cigarette. Friends, this is Don Wilson. There's no doubt about it, if you want better taste from your cigarette, Lucky Strike's the brand to get. It's toasted to taste better. Naturally, Lucky's better taste begins just where you'd expect it to begin, with fine tobacco. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And then, that tobacco is toasted. It's toasted. The famous Lucky Strike process tones up Lucky's naturally good-tasting tobacco to make it taste even better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. So next time, get better taste. Get Lucky Strike. The Lucky Strike program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, the Sportsman Quartet, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Benny's birthday is February 14th, and whenever one of Jack's birthdays rolls around, it's quite an event. Last year, it was more than memorable, because everybody was making preparations, and, well, let's go back to last year and look in on some of them. The regular weekly meeting of the Beverly Hills Beavers will now come to order. The motion before the club is resolved. The Beavers will give Mr. Jack Benny a surprise birthday party, and for this purpose, we will withdraw our entire treasury of $1.43. I second the motion, Stevie. Thank you, Joey, but call me Mr. President. No familiarity during the meetings. Any questions? What is it, Cliff? Well, I'm a new member of the Beavers, and I'd like to know who Jack Benny is. <laughs> Are you kidding? 
Don't you know who Jack Benny is? No. Who is he? Who is Jack Benny? He's only the greatest fullback that Yale ever had. <laughs> Gee. Yeah, and he quit football because he was afraid of hurting his hands, and that would stop him from playing the violin. That's right, Cliff. Mr. Benny is one of the world's greatest violinists. Well, if he's the world's greatest violinist, how come I never heard of him? That's because he's so modest. He goes under the name Yasha Heifetz. <laughs> well, since Mr. Benny's such a nice man, I vote that we give him the birthday party. Now let's make our invitation list. We'll invite all of Mr. Benny's friends. Say, by the way, how old is Jack Benny? Today he's 39, and that proves how smart he is. Why? Well, he was in my uncle's class in school, and my uncle's 55. <laughs> Let's all go over to Miss Livingston's house, and then she'll give us a list of all of Mr. Benny's friends. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Pauline, have you straightened out the living room? Yes, Miss Livingston. Oh, won't Mr. Benny be surprised when he finds out that you're giving him a birthday party? <laughs> he sure will. Tell me, Pauline, how does my new dress look? Oh, it's lovely, ma'am. Only if I had nice legs like yours, I wouldn't hide them with such a long skirt. Men like pretty legs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and to think that for four years I hid mine behind the counter at the May Company. <laughs> trying to be glamorous tonight. You know, Bob and Don are married, and Dennis is too young for me, and Mr. Benny is too old for me. Well, I'm surprised to hear you say that anyone is too young or too old for you. Why? Anything between the Boy Scouts and the Townsend Club is okay with me. Why, Pauline, I didn't know you like men so much. Oh, I do, ma'am. Why, I like them so much that I... well... Well, you'd think me silly if I told you what my favorite dream has been for years. No, I won't. Tell me, what is your favorite dream? That I'm a Dixie Cup in the Brooklyn Dodgers locker room. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, Pauline. There's work to do. Yes, ma'am. Say, would you please tell me one thing, Miss Livingston? Um, don't you ever go out with Mr. Benny? Just the two of you alone? Occasionally. I remember one very warm night last summer when Jack drove me up to the top of Mulholland Drive. Gee, how'd you make out? Oh, fine. I sold more good humor bars than he did. <laughs> now, Pauline, you set the table and get all the... Miss Livingston's residence. Just one moment, please. Miss Livingston, it's the baker. He wishes to talk to you. Oh, good. Hello? Yes, I want the cake delivered as early as possible. How many candles? Oh, uh, 39. That's right, 39 candles and arrange them in the shape of a question mark. <laughs> Bye. Say, Miss Livingston, how old is Mr. Benny really? Oh, I'm sorry, I can't tell you. You see, Mr. Benny and I have an agreement that saves us both a lot of embarrassment. An agreement? Yes. I never tell anyone his age, and he never tells anyone my salary. <laughs> but, Miss Livingston, if Mr. Benny pays you so little, how can you afford this nice apartment and all your nice clothes and everything? My mother writes for Jackie Gleason. <laughs> Well, I'd better go over the invitation list and start calling. Miss Livingston, 
What are you going to do about music? Well, I've been trying to reach Charlie Bagby, the piano player, so he'd bring the boys in the band over. I've tried to get Charlie three times. I wonder where he is. Four ball in the side pocket. Watch it, Belle. Okay, Charlie. Charlie, how's about coming over to my place for a poker game tonight, huh? Gee, I'd love to, Mel, but I can't. Ten ball in the corner. Well, why can't you come, Charlie? Well, it's Jack Benny's birthday today, and me and the rest of the boys in the band are throwing him a surprise party. Seven ball on the side. Hey, how old is Benny anyway? Oh, I can't tell you that. But do you know how old he is, really? Yeah, but I can't tell you. Sixty-two ball in the corner. What? I mean combination shot of the six and two ball. Oh. Hey, where are you musicians gonna have the party? Over at my house. I put a pool in last month and I just filled it. Everybody will have fun. Hey, ain't it pretty cold weather for swimming? Yeah, but once you dive in, you won't notice. Oh, is the pool heated? No, it's filled with old crow. <laughs> 13 ball cross corner. Well, that finishes the game. I beat you 25 to 4. Yeah. You know, Charlie, you're lucky. I'm in a steady job with Benny all these years and shooting pool like a champ. Yup, you owe me two bucks. Okay, here you are. But don't you feel ashamed of yourself? Taking money from a guy who's on unemployment relief? No, you make more than I do. <laughs> oh. Well, I better start calling some people and inviting them to the party me and the musicians are giving. I think I'll call Dennis Day first. Gee, Mother, why do you want to leave the house just because I'm giving a surprise party for Mr. Benny? I think you're wasting your money on that old man. Now, Mother, that isn't fair. Mr. Benny's been like a father to me. Only last week he gave me advice on how to be popular with the girls. Oh, he did, eh? Yeah. He took me aside and he said, Dennis, my boy, you're missing a lot. You ought to get a girl and on some moonlit night drive her over to Lover's Lane and put your arm around her and pull her up close to you and... Put your face close to hers and, and... Oh, yes, then what did Mr. Benny tell you? When he got to that party, fainted. <laughs> well, look, Dennis, let me give you some advice on that. Yes, Mother. Son, as you go through life, you'll meet many girls, and someday you'll meet the one girl you'll want to spend the rest of your life with, and it will probably be when you least expect it. Gee. Say, Mother, how'd you first meet Father? Ah, oh, we were matched together in the Golden Glows. <laughs> he had the sweetest left hook. <laughs> well, Dennis, I've got to be running along now. I hope your party turns out nice. Thank you, Mother. Well, I got to get everything set for the party. Now I better see if I have everybody's phone number. <laughs> If I ever needed you, I need you now. I can't remember when I've ever been so blue. If I ever needed love, I need it now. I 
night goes by when I don't have my cry. I feel like I could die from wanting you. I can't ease my aching heart, but you'd know how if I ever needed you. Can't ease my aching heart, but you'd know how if I ever needed you. everybody's phone number but Don Wilson's I want to call him and his wife oh darling what is it pudgy (laughs) I want to tell you honey the table looks beautiful oh thanks dear but if this is to be a surprise party for Jack Benny I think you better start calling your guests oh I will as soon as I finish wrapping this present for Jack Well, I hope you're giving him an appropriate gift. What's in that package, darling? See if you can guess. A watch? No, I'll give you a hint. They're round and firm and fully packed. (laughs) So free and easy on the draw. On the what? Draw. Now what is it? A box of Crayolas. (laughs) No, 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 pet. Now listen again, sweetheart. Take last night after dinner. I went into the living room. Sat down in my easy chair. Struck a match. Now what did I light? My mother's picture. (laughs) Yes, and while it was burning, what did I light with that? Oh, darling, don't keep me in suspense. What did you buy Jack for his birthday? Oh, dear, it's so obvious. Now look at the letters on the box. You should be able to figure out what it is. L-S-M-F-T. L-S-M-F-T. Oh, I know, a long silk muffler from Tubby. No, 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 dear. It's a carton of Lucky Strikes. And L-S-M-F-T stands for Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Oh, well, everybody knows that. Well, then why did you make me tell you? I love the way your big fat face lights up when you say it. Oh, come on, dear. Let's go through this list and see if I forgot anyone. Hmm, a fine thing. Here it is my birthday. I'm all alone. Nobody even thinks of me. Nobody cares. No cards, not even a phone call. Who is it? It's me, both. Rochester, I don't want to talk to anyone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. 
Quiet, Polly. When I want your help, I'll ask for it. Boss, you haven't eaten all day. Do you want me to get you some... Uh... I don't want anything. Just leave me alone. Okay, okay. I wonder what's wrong with him. He's kept himself locked up in the den all day. Maybe he bet on a horse. Nah, uh, if Mr. Benny bet on a horse, and the horse lost, he'd beat it to death with his bear. <laughs> Just can't figure out what's the matter with him. Rochester, if you don't mind, I'll have my dinner served in bed. What's the matter, boss? Don't you feel good? You've been brooding all day. I haven't been brooding. I want to lock myself in the den. It's my own business. Wait a minute, boss. Huh? Have you been crying? <laughs> what makes you think I've been crying? There's a rainbow in your little blue eyes. <laughs> there is? I mean, who cares? A lot you or anybody else worries about me anyway. You're wrong, Mr. Benny. I worry about you. Oh, you do, eh? Well, Rochester, what day is this? Saturday. Uh-huh, Saturday. February what? The 14th. Well, doesn't that mean anything to you? Saturday. February... Oh, my goodness! I forgot to put the garbage out! <laughs> it's not that. Come back here. Now, let's not talk any more about it. You go in and clean the den. I'm going in the kitchen and have a sandwich and a glass of garbage. I mean, milk. Okay. Well, it won't take long to straighten up the den. I'll put these books way on the shelf. Hello. Hello. Well, hello, Polly. Here I am, all alone. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. What are you talking about? Today's my birthday. Today's my birthday. Oh, my goodness. How could I be so stupid? I'd better go out in the kitchen and fix things up right away. Excuse me, boss. Excuse me. Rochester. Wait a minute, boss. Rochester, what are you doing? I'm putting a candle on a cracker. It's Polly's birthday. <laughs> oh, it is, eh? Well, I'm glad to hear it. I'm going to my room. Gosh, I can't figure out what's bothering the boss. He's usually so cheerful and... Hello, Mr. Benny's residence. Rochester, this is Miss Livingston. Oh, hello, Miss Livingston. You'll never guess whose birthday it is today. I know, Rochester, and that's why I called. I want you to give him a surprise party. A party? Yes. Do you think you can get him out of the house? Him? Certainly. Well, he sure fooled me. He laid an egg this morning. <laughs> Rochester, what are you talking about? The parrot. Parrot? Well, it isn't the parrot's birthday. It's Mr. Benny's birthday. Oh, 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 so that's why he's feeling bad all day. 
He thought everybody forgot about him. Oh, no. When I called the gang, I found out that everybody was going to give him a party, so we all decided to come over to Mr. Benny's house and surprise him. Well, bring some food with you. The time lock doesn't open the ice box till six in the morning. <laughs> don't worry. We have food. You just get Mr. Benny out of the house for a little while and don't let him suspect anything. Okay, Miss Livingston. And leave it to me. I'll get him out the house and I'll be clever about it. Gee, I feel a lot better taking this little walk. But I can't understand Rochester throwing my hat and coat out. When I went to get them, he slammed the door. Gee, I've been walking for about 40 minutes. Now I'm kind of tired. I think I'll walk across the street and get on a bus for home. Fine birthday, I'm... Gee, look at this theater marquee. Now playing. The horn blows at midnight. I guess they're reviving it again on account of the Academy Awards. I think I'll go see it again. Pardon me, miss. I see you're showing the horn blows at midnight. That's right. How's business? Look, mister, if this is a holdup, you're wasting your time. We haven't sold a ticket all week. This isn't a holdup. And give me a ticket. Here's the money. Here's a ticket and a knife. A knife? You'll have to cut your way through the brush. <laughs> Never mind. Just give me the ticket so I can go in. Rochester, we've been here four hours now. If Mr. Benny only went out for a walk, why isn't he back? I don't know, Mr. Day. Well, I've waited long enough. I've got to go home. Me too. I wonder what happened to the boss. Yeah. I beg your pardon, mister. Huh? I'm the manager of this theater. We've shown you the horn blows at midnight three times. Now will you please go home so we can close up? Okay, okay. By the way, mister, the girl at the box office told me that you haven't sold a ticket all week. That's quite right. Well, if that's true... How come there's someone sitting in almost every seat in this theater? We rent it out as a storage room to a mortuary. <laughs> a mortuary? You mean all the people in those seats are... That's amazing! I'll say it's amazing. Yesterday, right in the middle of the picture, three of them got up and walked out. <laughs> Yeah, I wondered why the guy at the door didn't tear my ticket. <laughs> well, I'd better go on home. Coming home to a cold, dark house. What a birthday this was. Fine, loyal gang I've got. I've got a good notion to fire every one of them. If I had any talent, I would. Gee, <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. Well, I might as well go to bed. Now, who can that be this time of night? Hello? Hello, is this Jack Benny? Yes. Well, this is Western Union. 
We have a singing telegram for you from your sister in Chicago. Oh, singing telegram from my sister, eh? Well, that's cute. Go ahead. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Jack Betty. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Jack Benny. Happy birthday to you. Well, thank you very much. That was swell, really. Do think that. Well, I've got to get away now. Happy, 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 happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Jack Benny. Happy birthday, dear Jack. Happy birthday to you. Well, that was awfully sweet of you. Now, if you just. What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? Happy birthday, Jack Benny. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Now, you're welcome. Yes, you're welcome. Very welcome. <laughs> Jack will be back in just a minute, but first, a word to you smokers who are looking for better taste in a cigarette. If you want better taste from your cigarette, Lucky Strike is the brand to get. It's toasted to give you the best taste yet. It's the toasted cigarette. They take fine tobacco, it's light tobacco, it's mild tobacco too. And it's toasted, yes, it's toasted. Because the toasting brings the flavor right through. So to get better taste from your cigarette, Lucky Strike is the brand to get. It's toasted to give you the best taste, yet it's the toasted cigarette. Friends, if you read the comics, I guess you know all about Little Iodine. The fellow who draws Little Iodine is the famous cartoonist Jimmy Hatlow. He's got another comic strip, too, called They'll Do It Every Time. Well, Jimmy Hatlow's cigarette is Lucky Strike. Jimmy says, yep, I'll do it every time. Light up a Lucky, because they taste better. Friends, many millions of people smoke Luckies because they've found that Luckies taste better, too. A Lucky tastes better because it's toasted to taste better. Of course, Lucky's better taste begins with fine tobacco. Fine, light, naturally mild tobacco. And then that fine tobacco is toasted. It's toasted. The famous Lucky Strike process brings Lucky's naturally mild, good-tasting tobacco to its peak of flavor, tones it up to make it taste even better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Yes, that's why Jimmy Hatlow and millions of other smokers will do it every time. Light up a Lucky. 
Why don't you light up a Lucky 2? Remember, it's toasted to taste better. Gee, it's 9 a.m. Sunday morning. Gee, I hope I have a good show this afternoon. Good morning, Rochester. Good morning, boss. Feeling a little more cheerful today? Yes, I feel fine. Uh, you should have come back earlier last night. Why? The whole gang came over to give a surprise party and celebrate your birthday. What? A surprise party for me? My whole gang? You mean Mary and Don and Dennis? Gee, they didn't forget me. Why, boss? That rainbow's coming back in your little blue eyes. <laughs> Well, I can't help it. I'm so happy. Good night, folks. The Jack Benny Program is written by Sam Perrin, Milt Josephsberg, George Balzer, John Tackerberry, Al Gordon, Hal Goldman, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. The Jack Benny Program was brought to you by the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturers of cigarettes. The No Soap Radio cast included Annette Bohannock as Mary Livingston and the Lucky Strike Singer, Zach Dillinger as Charlie Bagby, Zach Eastman as the Speaking Dennis Day, Victoria Gordon as Pauline, Lois, and the Ticket Taker, Laura Mursky as Dennis Day's mother, Ian Oberg as Don Wilson, Paul J. Patterson as Rochester, Tony Semchuk as Mel, Polly the Parrot, and the Theater Manager, Jack West as Jack Benny. Robert Creighton as the singing Dennis Day, Marco Bautista as Stevie, Martin O'Reilly as Cliff, Leonardo Civitano as Joey, and Patricia Benjamin Doyle, Adrian Jones, Margot Hennebeck, and Mark Sanders as the Sportsman Quartet. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. The program was produced, directed, and edited by Paul Covitt. Additional audio editing by Christopher Burns. Special thanks to Amy Bautista and Christopher Invar. Adrian Jones, Margot Hennebach, and Mark Saunders are a trio called Mad Agnes. Check them out at madagnes.com. Check out the International Jack Benny Fan Club at jackbenny.org. And to see a visual version of this or any other No Soap Radio program, go to bio.site slash nosoapradio or search YouTube for No Soap Radio Recreations. This has been a No Soap Radio recreation. The reasonably amazing interplanetary adventures of Flash Gordon. For the benefit of those who were fortunate enough to have not heard our earlier four mainstream episodes of Flash Gordon, Flash and Dale Arden were thrown onto the new planet Mongo. The two Americans were sent to the terribly gentrified prison city of the Hawkmen. In the wildly unpopular tournament of death, Flash Gordon wins the unconquered kingdom of the caves and sets out to subdue his domain. We now follow Flash Gordon in his attempt to enhance the curb appeal of the kingdom of the cave. Friends, your colon might be due for a service. Have you ever been in a restaurant where it feels like there is such slow service you want to call a manager? <laughs> well, take it easy. What's mostly needed is to look at why your digestion is so upset. 
for your poor digestion. You need something that works after nature's own order fails. Try Hersey's little colon pill. Swallow the little brown pill when you're upset and feel headachey and irritable. Take Hersey's little colon pill for all the calamities in your duodenum. You see, each day nature normally produces about two pints of a digestive juice mentioned as far back as the Bible to help digest your food. If nature fails, your food may remain undigested for hours, days, or even months, leaving you headachey and irritable. Swallowing these brown, sausage-shaped, doughy pills with the trademark cracks in the surface can make your colon cheerful and happy again. Take Hersey's Little Lumpy Colon Pills. They increase the flow of this vital process quickly, often in as little as 30 minutes. This soon-to-be-approved artificial aid to counteract indigestion is Hersey's Little Colon Pill, and only a suggestion after nature's own order fails. Take Hersey's Little Colon Pills. Some may vary in brown color, texture, amount, and odor. Get them at any drugstore. Only 25 cents a plop. Sponsors of the reasonably amazing interplanetary adventures of Flash Gordon. Now, having picked up a company of King Bolton's Hawkman, the huge rocket ship bearing Flash and Dale to their new kingdom heads for the yawning mouth of Kira, the wild and forbidding cave world, the veritable red-like district of Mongo, if you will. Following Ming's map and instructions, Captain Thun steers a course for the stronghold of Zhu, the executive vice president of the cavemen. The ship leaves the gloom of the first cave and enters another cave, colossal in size and brilliantly lighted. They get out of the rocket ship, realize the great danger they are about to face. Go back, land the rocket ship first, and then get out this time. Well, Dale, we're here. My no, I'm standing right here. It's visual. Bear with me, Dale. Oh! 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 What? What is it? Thanks for asking. Now you're getting this now. Look, Dale! Oh! What a huge cave, and look at all those little holes inside. Those must be the dwellings of my subjects. Now don't get a big head, Flash. Wait. Is all my kingdom like this? I've never been inside before, Your Majesty. Seriously, Captain Thune? You're giving the tour. Nobody has ever explored this strange underground world. Look, men are coming out of the holes of the cliffs. Some of them look a bit sheepish, even guilty. And yet mostly they are fierce-looking men. That powerful-looking red-headed giant must be their leader. We'll break the news to him, Your Majesty. Uh, him? Uh, the, the big one over there? Yes, the 12-foot giant, Your Majesty. Why you come? His Majesty, Flash, the ruler of these caves, demands... Okay, no, no, you don't, you don't need to keep calling me that in front of him, Thune. <laughs> Certainly. New absolute ruler of all the cave-dwelling people. Okay, well now, let's not be hasty. Let's, let's introduce ourselves to him first, Thune. Bend your knee, oh red-haired one. This is Mighty King Flash. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's not necessary, uh, Captain... <laughs> who you think you are? I'll tell you who he is. He's a captain. See? He's very important, too. It's not just me throwing my weight around here. It's, it's 
Look at him. This is Flash, the first ruling king of all the cave world by order of Ming the Merciless, Emperor of Mongo. Who? Ming! Ming the Merciless, the Emperor of this world. We have Emperor? Yes, of course! You know Ming, Ming the Ruthless Tyrant who rules the planet Mongo. Oh, oh, oh. what Mongo? What's a Mongo? Mongo is the planet you live on. Mongo is the name given to your world. I wouldn't name it Mongo. It is Mongo. It is an agreed upon name now. It's Mongo, where you live. Sound like made up word. All words are made up. That's the thing about words. <clears throat> Look, you make up a word, then you agree together that it means something, right? Mongo is a made up word just like any other. When we meet about that. We didn't. It was decided a long time ago. It's Mongo. It's called Mongo. A made up name, yes, silly baby. But this is a dictatorship under an emperor called Ming. So good luck having some sort of retroactive cave community meeting about it at this point. The place ruled by the antagonistic Ming, the Merciless. What Merciless about him? What's merciless about Ming? Everything. Look, Flash is now your king. No, no king. Oh, I agree. An emperor is a bit much already, isn't it? You poor redheaded deer. Me crush. Me kill him. Oh, look, he's picking up that stone. Aww. That reminds me of your testicles, Flash. You really think they're that large? No, but they're just as dusty. <laughs> Drop that stone, actually. This is a ray pistol, which can dissolve you into pieces. Wait, Thune. I will not rule any man I can't beat in a superficially fair combat. I will fight you. Get up, human! No, I'm laying in wait like the devilish eel. What do you mean? Ow! Flash, you hit me. I'm sorry, Thune. You leaned over to check on me. I thought you were that enormous red-bearded devil. I am stronger than you. <laughs> hey, I wasn't ready for that, Flash. You stronger. You fastidious. You king. Thanks. I'll make you my right-hand man. Why? What do you do with your right hand? <clears throat> I think we should run. It's that disgusting. No, but now that you mention it, he was strangely drawn to all the holes in the cliffs on the way here. No! Run! Run for your life! He comes! I know. The Eater of Men! Leave Dale out of this. Well, what's that big lizard monster? Let's go, Dale! Run for your life! Quick! Give me my signal gun when that thing gets close enough. No, no, shoot him now, Flash! Good work, Your Majesty. You have blinded him. There it goes, there he goes. Blinded. I don't think you'll ever be bothered by him again. Well, it looks like you're the blind one, Flash. How could you not see the lizard was still attacking? Oh, there, I got him. I was merely toying with it, of course. Yeah. We know all about that, Mr. Right-Hand Man. Hey, you said you liked that. Yeah, context is a real important part of the enjoyment of the right hand and the going blind thing, Flash. 
Oh, King! Me and my tribe fight for you always! That was fast. Fine! With the cavemen and the hawkmen, I'll conquer my kingdom. Flash Gordon leads his army of cavemen and hawkmen into the immense caves, which make up his kingdom after progressing for a long time without seeing a living thing or having any regard for personal hygiene. Flash decides to take Dale and go on a scouting expedition. At least, that's what they called it. An hour later, while walking through a cave of terrifying beauty, the two Americans are suddenly surprised by a band of lizardmen. They drop from all sides, hurling stones. Not wanting to feel left out, a small squadron of platypusmen, an unholy union of water, rat, and duck, descend on our heroes as well. With their small, hairy, grayish balls and narrow, elongated beaks and robust legs, lacking wings, they still try to attack Flash, Dale, and their army. Flash is knocked out, and Dale's signal gun shrieks its siren as she fires bolt after bolt at the charging lizard beasts. Back on the plane, Captain Thune and Zook, the red-headed giant man, leak on their own feet as the wailing of Dale's signal gun reaches their ears. But then, with the wet-footed, seemingly fearless Captain Thune at their head, the squad of Hawkmen then come to the rescue. Dale, Dale, what has happened to His Majesty? Lizardmen. They were the only ones who successfully attacked us and knocked Flash out. I fought them all off, but they took Flash and creeped through that crevice. It's blocked with a huge stone. Men, swing that quick-firing gun into position. That's, uh, not a quick-firing gun. Yes, it is! With haste, men! Flash's life hangs in the balance! Wait, no, that's a multifunctional garden hose, Captain. It's not, uh, Just do I... it! Uh, okay. Uh, okay, right. Uh, there! This way, Dale! Let us find His Majesty! Look! Blood! That means King Flash came this way. Lizard men don't bleed red. This passage seems more blocked up than your arteries, my fine fellow. Uh, thanks. We'll have to use the micro-gun. I'll get to the hole. Here, I'll bend over and try to aim at it now. Can I turn off my hose now? Wait, let me squeeze through that opening. What? Oh, right. Sure. I'm game. Uh, Dale, can you see the end? Uh, no. Uh, not yet. If you could stand up and move over. Now? I I'm stuck, but I can see light ahead. Dale? Oh, Flash, darling, you're alive. I think so. Yes. I'm so glad. You'll have to get the hammer. I can't budge this stone. Can you reach my signal gun? Yes, I got it. Thanks. Quiet. Here come the lizard men after us. In the meantime, in the Castle of Azora, the Witch Queen of the Blue Magic Men, Namer of Clouds, and Rasputin Impersonator, Sal, the Chief Magician, calls the Queen Azor's attention to something he sees in the magic LED TV glass. Yeah, look, oh Queen. Rangers to my caves? Fighting with the lizard men, see? They have blown down the stone with their garden hose and have conquered their opponents. They are free. Where did you see that? What happened? Are we even looking at the same thing on the screen here? There, oh Queen. Well, earlier, you missed it. I called you before, but you were in the Queen's room again. I had the beats. You know what they do to me. Oh, yes. Yes. Ugh. They are coming this way. 
what a handsome blonde leader, Sal. We must go welcome him. Give me a few hours. Do look natural. What's that sound? Quiet. The earth is trembling. The walls are shaking. The soldiers and the cavemen. They're buried under an avalanche of stones. Well, that weird light, what does it mean? Look in the midst of the lower flames. A woman! Okay, settle down, Flash. Wow. Greetings, strangers. Who are you? Bend the knee, oh strangers. You are face to face with Azora, Queen of the Blue Magic Men, Namer of Clouds, and Rasputin Impersonator. Queen? That explains the beard. I'm King Flash. I bend my knees to no one, man or woman. So, make him bow to me, Sal. The beats. Poison gas. Well. Oh, it's strangling <laughs> us. Ah, welcome to my world. She does this quite often in her sleep, too. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Dale. <clears throat> Your smell is on them, oh queen. See, I am pointing. They stink to the ground unconscious from the sleep gas. That's one name for it. Yours is the power to bring them back. Sal, open a window. In the cave? Fool! I'm the foolish one. The fool, he thinks he can pitch his muscle against my sleep gas? How did you get that from what just happened? Have them carried to the gravity sled. We will return to the castle. Queen Azora of the blah, blah, blah. Here are the three strangers laid out before you, still in a deep slumber of revulsion, from which only you have the power to bring them back. What is your pleasure? Oh, he is so handsome, so big, turgid, and strong, even in sleep. Sal, use the pull motor. He doesn't look like he needs it at the moment. The pole motor might be too much. Put the pole motor on him now. Bring this one back to the fullness of life. There, his eyelids quiver also. A shudder runs through his body. The blonde youth is coming back to us. Oh, don't worry, Dale. I'm with you, I'm... Where am I? Oh, you! Yes. Are you so displeased with my appearance? Am I not beautiful to look upon? Dale! Save your breath. She cannot hear you. She cannot answer you. She is... Dead? Oh. Dale! You... You witch! You killed her. Yes. Yes, I killed her. You stand there and admit it. I just did. What? I just admitted it! I killed her as I killed you and your other companion, and I can bring her back as I brought you back to life from the bowels of Mongo. Then do it at once. You are young and full of life. It would be a pity to put such a fine person's manhood to death. What are you talking about? Uh, one of you must die. Who shall it be? You or the girl? 
You know there's only one answer to that. Fine. Kill the woman. No, that that's not the answer. Oh! The brave youth wishes to make the supreme sacrifice. You keep calling me youth. Have you had work done or something? I mean, is that makeup? Because you look my age. Very noble, but very foolish. I've changed my mind. You shall live. For me. And Dale? What will happen to her? If you promise to obey me forever, I will bring her back to life to torture you with the lost possibilities. Then, I agree to your terms. Shall we seal our bargain with a drink and hot sex? Very well. Here it is, O Queen! What? Here what is? What could I possibly need right now that you come in here and stand over us naked? I'm not naked. We are naked. Flash. Me. What is that? This is the cup for the drink. Oh, I forgot about the drink. Yes, thank you. And now, you are truly mine forever. (coughs) You drugged me after we did it? And now you are truly mine forever. I can't, just can't remember. Where am I? Who are you? Did the Knicks win the championship yet? Who am I? Uh, Do not worry, my soldier prince. I am your queen. Queer. I can't remember who I am. I had something. I I had something to do. I I had to save somebody. Sit back and relax. I must have been struck in the head during a battle. Forgive me for being so foggy. Oh, you are forgiven, my prince. Come with me. I thought I just did. I can't remember. I, my mind is a blanket. Is blanket the right word? I don't know anymore. To blanches, to You mean you have forgotten even how to speak? Everything. Sal, you idiot! How much did you put in this vine? Oh, I was distracted by your love play, my queen. I have forgotten how to speak. Even don't know how to bring up our love. I, all I know is that you're the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen and had. Given I can't remember the past five minutes ago. Ah, and that is what I have been waiting to hear you say. Listen, my handsome prince, I wish to test you. Look at these two lifeless, blood-soaked figures suspended there soiling themselves as rigor sets in. Do you know them? The lion man and the girl? Beautiful girl, too. Blonde, voluptuous, limp, soiling herself. Young. Enough! Sure. Do you know them? I never saw them before in my life. Could I recognize them? Have I met them? One more test, Sal. The pool motor. Bring that man back to life. My queen, I never thought I'd see someone stimulate a cadaver that way. Can you wipe my mind again? Now? He is coming back, oh queen. Stand back. <sighs> yeah, your your majesty. Where is Dale? Dale? 
Your Majesty? What are you talking about? You must be ill, Your Majesty. Don't you know me? Foon of the Lion Men. Azura, what is this man raving about? He's a war prisoner of ours. Crazy from the wounds and the pull motor. Oh, I quite understand. I forgive him. I am glad you are so loyal to me. I always will be, my beautiful queen. Flash, Flash, listen to me. Quiet, lie back, you. You, I warn you, it will take a thousand times for that pull machine of yours and all your magic men to keep me in chains. I think not. Gods, magic men, bind him on all fours with the electric manacle. No! Silence, dog. I warn you, if you disobey, these manacles will become red hot and steal you to the bone. Uh, uh, um, what? And now for the guile. Hmm, attachments too. <laughs> it's good to be queen. Yes. What? Nothing. My... Oh, flash. Where are you? You shall see him. Get up, come this way. Oh, again? Where am I? You are in the palace of Azora, queen of the magic men, etc., etc. When I draw these curtains, you shall see your lover in the arms of his queen, Azora. Oh, Flash! Lots of it, how could you? Listen, your kingdom is very beautiful, my darling. I th think I would enjoy the sight of food on you more. <laughs> I'm starved. Oh, forgive me, my prince. I was so interested in showing the beauty of my palace that I've forgotten about food. I've never heard of that referred to as a palace before, my queen. I must have forgotten so many words. Come, in the dining room. We have everywhere else. Oh, Flash! It's so hard to see you do everything you used to do with me! Oh, cook! Some food! You're not... You're not gonna make the sandwich yourself? Now, strange girl, come with me. Never. I am Flash's forever. No, I mean to the kitchen. You shall serve them sandwiches. No! Sao takes Dale to the kitchen of the evil witch queen's palace where she joins Captain Thune, who is forced to be a sommelier and then prep chef, helping prepare the food. Oh, Dale, I fared for the worst. I even demanded that they test that pull motor on me every half hour to make sure it was in great shape to wake you up. Uh, you're safe? Yes. Well, thank you, Captain Thuna. I'm glad to find you safe, but drained-looking as well, but, but Flash. Yes? But what has caused Flash to behave so? Maybe she's just amazing at uh, doing things. No. No. No, it can't be. I don't know. She does have a certain look about her, a certain confident, sexy manner, the long hair, curving body, the well-appointed makeup, the smell, the no, stop. swelling of I her. I can't contemplate it. Oh, what is it about her? Yes, uh, certainly it is a mystery um, uh, to all of us. Uh, nothing to do with her sensual manner. Yes, her. I do not know what it could be. Flash seems to be under some kind of spell. Poor devil. Lucky, doomed compatriot. The way 
Even just walking, she undulates. This queen is indeed a witch. <laughs> mm. What are you doing? I'm preparing the salad dressing in salad shooter. Put that down. This is a kitchen, you fool. Get to work. No, I won't. I won't do anything for her. You dare to rebel? Then take this magic magnetic whip I took from Queen Azora. Give me that whip or I'll break your neck. Ugh! Surrender, Thune, please. For your sake, Dale. Uh, well, I, uh, I surrender. I, I will obey. Oh, yes. I mean, oh, stop. I obey. Why are you whipping me too, Dale? I, uh, sorry. Good. Obey. Now, girls, take this plate of food into the queen. Her new pudding is also ready to be received with her new prince. I will help you with the tray, Dale. One taste of my essence that I've now put all over the food and all of her magic mode savor. There, my essence replaced the mayo before he caught me. Now, then, you can carry it. Yes, I shall. I am, in fact, taking it in now. Ah, here comes the food. There's my prince. See, miss. Oh, Flash. You clumsy fool. Scrape up the food and give it to us. Don't you love me anymore, Flash? Love you? I don't even know you, girl. Could you show me something that might spring my memory? I will teach this unruly and clumsy servant girl obedience. Guard, give her the whip! Hmm. I still don't remember. Try the buttocks. What will happen to Dale Arden? Her clothes torn and skin reddened by the whip held in the clutches of the cruel Witch Queen Azora. See for yourself in full colored pictures the terrifying situation that faces our friends in tomorrow's newspaper. Friends, when you married your husband, you expected him to be as natural law created him without the new problems that a world wall create for you in your marriage. To answer these and other personal problems brought in by your spouse, friends and neighbors, Reeks presents Marvin J. Anthony, founder of the famed Marital Relations Institute and his brand new program. Daily sessions of kindly and unhelpful advice. Just as Mr. Anthony brings examples to this studio helping thousands of men and women solve their personal problems. Reeks, too, is helping thousands to solve the important personal problem of underarm perspiration. Reeks helps you avoid perspiration damage to clothes and safeguard friendships. Reeks every day helps out perspiration safety and at the same time answers some of the existential problems that plague your marriage. Reeks every day is the most effective deodorant with our patented aluminum-based deodorant. You will find these pictures in next Sunday's magazine under your father's bed, which is distributed in the health section of your Sunday newspaper. And besides Flash Gordon, you will find all the other fake female friends waiting to entertain you. And the comic strips, Bringing Up Father, the little inappropriate Barney Google, good old Skippy the Van Dweller on parole, Polly and her overly friendly pals, Captain Jammer's Kids Tips and Casper's Secret Island Outhouse, Wet Willie the Toilet, Mickey Mouse, and many others. 
Be sure you get the big full colored comic spread weekly with your magazines next Sunday. And don't forget our date next week at this same time for another chapter in Reasonably Amazing Interplanetary Adventures of Flash Gordon. Our cast was Pete Handelman, Pete Lutz, Rhiannon McAfee, Gino C. Vianelli, Curtis Bedford, Tom Conkle, and Stephanie Stearns Dooley. Directed by Tom Conkle. Sound mix and effects by Tom Conkle. Adapted from the original source material by Tom Conkle. Music by Brian Errata. And that's this week's show. Please check out the show notes for both No Soap Radio and Mindstream at our website at sonicsociety.org. And go and watch the performances of both production companies on YouTube. It is an entirely different experience. It really is watching them. You should get a chance to watch it yourself. <laughs> it's so impressive. Uh, especially the Jack Benny, because yeah. I'm, I'm amazed at how, how well all of those people do. And their timing is just brilliant. But until next week, I'm Jack Ward. And I'm David Alt. Have a lovely week, everyone. And good luck, Jack. I know the Masters is finishing soon. Thank you, David. Good thoughts, everyone. I am Flaudio, and I am very interested in what makes audio drama work. I want to share with you my recipe for a perfect evening, an evening for two lovers, lovers of audio drama. When I plan an audio drama, 
I want to make sure that everything is perfect for us. The soundscape is the most important thing to set the mood for the night. When I lay in a special ambiance or sound effect, it is very important because it can express what I feel so perfectly. A sound effect can speak for the story when words just cannot capture the love I feel. Love I feel for you. When it is dark, I turn on the sound effects. I turn up the soundscape. And the voices can then dance in a perfect state of bliss, where there is no world except the one we make with our love. No time except what is needed for our story to play out. A story that we will make come true. This audio drama public service announcement was brought to you by the Amigos.